This is Customer Experience Leaders, a podcast produced by Rated. It's a show where we reveal the secrets of how great brands delight their customers. I remember just sitting there and watching because all the staff from the stores came in. Our team just put it upon themselves to get behind this event that we'd thought about and make sure that our customers were loving it. And I think that was something where it really spoke to me that my team got it. That's the voice of Johan Kim. He's the founder and managing director of Pigeonhole, a series of quirky and designer-esque stores throughout Australia. I'm your host, Adam Jaffrey. And I'm Michael Momsen. How are you, Michael? Yeah, I'm doing really well. Really looking forward to this chat. I've known Johan for a couple of years now and looking forward to unpacking all his secrets of how he runs such a a great business. Yeah. So, we spoke to Johan about two big topics. The first is how a retail business like Pigeonhole is able to deliver consistent and amazing customer experiences when they have so many different store formats throughout the country. And secondly, we talk about culture and how Johan's passion for delivering amazing CX permeates through the business and enables staff to develop relationships with their customers. And we kick off the show by asking Johan, in his own words, how he defines customer experience. Customer experience is all the factors that contribute to the way a customer feels with relation to your business. So, whether that be, so for myself with a retail company, uh, it will be the branding, the logo, the things that they may sort of have encountered in your company before they even enter your store. But when they do enter the store, it would be stuff like the music, the ambience, the smell, how well things are displayed, the way that our staff interact with our customers, the way that they make them feel. It's not just the people-to-people interaction that's important about customer experience. It's, it's all the factors that lead to um, having one cohesive, unified brand story and brand experience that the customer is engaging with, whether it's online, offline, in person, or just within the atmosphere or environment that they're in when they're interacting with your business. Awesome. And maybe a great place to unpack that a bit is actually understanding some of the origin stories of how you came about, you know, the pigeonhole idea, what made you start it? In my last year of uni, I was overseas in um, Denmark, in Copenhagen, and I took my little bag of tricks uh, over there and sold my jewellery to stores in Copenhagen, in Oslo, Stockholm. At that point is when I guess I experienced some really cool store concepts, amazing products, things that I'd never seen in Australia before. And it really dawned upon me that I'd love to be able to bring some of that back home. So after I came back from my travels, I found a little tiny store uh, in my home city of Perth. It's like it, was, it was literally like a little closet. Um, down the end of a little arcade, um, no windows, no natural light, nothing, and also no people walking by. Um, so we started really with this tiny, tiny little spot. Nice. Yeah, really started from scratch with nothing. So I guess all the lessons that I've learned have been very organic, very hands-on, and it's kind of cool now that sort of we're ten years on, where there's like formal names for all the things that you've learned while sort of making mistakes through uh, through the course of it. So yeah, so that's the story of how I started. You sort of got two store formats, the the small, pokey, hard-to-find store and then now the larger format. So, sort of interested in how those two have played out and then also what you've learned from those different um, store formats. My key influences 
um, early on was definitely more on the Scandinavian side, which was my experience when I lived in Copenhagen for six months, was visiting small boutique stores with very curated selection of product and how that curated selection and attention to detail in terms of the store surrounding and, and the store aesthetics created an environment that was enticing, interesting, um, wonder-filled, which was what I was hoping I could sort of bring into into Pigeonhole. Um, and that's something that I feel has really definitely influenced, um, especially the more boutique experiences in some of the smaller stores. Contrasting with some of the larger stores that we have, one of my key influences in Korea is actually a brand called A-Land, which is a very large, multi-category, multi-fashion, multi-brand store, something a little bit like Urban Outfitters, but a bit quirkier, a bit more Asian, I guess. Um, and that's a very large format store with multi-floors and heaps and heaps of product. And, and so I think that has sort of been my direction in terms of feel for my larger format stores to feel like that but to still have some of the design sensibilities that I sort of experienced in Scandinavia. And then when you think about the pigeonhole brand, um, like how you execute that pigeonhole experience across, across uh, you know, retail, online, et cetera. Key, I guess, in my opinion, in terms of how I hope that our brand shows up to our customers and to their experience is the way that they feel in the store, the kind of music that gets played, the kind of people that are employed, um, the way that they get treated. I also hope that each of my stores is beautiful and unique. And so in doing so, each new store I open doesn't necessarily carry the same format as a store prior. Um, What does bring me great joy is when a customer will come in and they'll be like, oh, do you have this store in Perth? And uh, they'll be in Sydney. Even It just happened today, actually. Someone walked in. um, After about two seconds in the store, she turned around and said, if you got one of these in Melbourne, something feels really familiar. And I guess that tells me that we've done a, a, a good job because the branding of that Melbourne store is like quite different. It's sort of, I guess, a, a much further development than the, the store that she was in. Um, so there is, I guess, a general aesthetic that we try to carry across. The energy is sort of in, is in colour, even in terms of where I like to sort of see my, my store displays go. But the product is so unique and interestingly put together so that it's memorable for our customers. So I would say our product selection and our the way that they, the customer feels when they come into the store, but I feel that that is something that they will think is a consistent thing. And definitely we hear that um, from customers that go from store to store the way that the staff have made them feel and how nice the staff at Pigeonhole are. And that's something that we often get from people that are trying to apply for jobs in our stores. They say, oh, we've we've been following your business for a long time. We've gone to all of your stores. We love going there because everyone is so nice to us and we have such a great time with your team that we would want to be part of that. So I'm, I'm hoping that is one of the unifying aspects of our company and what people think of us when they think of Pigeonhole. You talked a lot there about different stores having different kind of um, product offerings and approaches and layouts and all that kind of stuff. In a way, that's almost like a bit of a marketing faux pas. Like as a as a that's marketer, true. my instinct is to have consistency across a brand, right? Like it's great that there's kind of unique elements to it, but 
you know, some of your bigger stores in Sydney and Melbourne kind of conflict a little bit with the brand narrative of being kind of this small boutique and doesn't having a different product offering at different stores cause confusion for customers because, you know, in one store you might be able to get some menswear and a different store you can't, but it's all under the pigeonhole brand. What's your thoughts on having consistency in, in the brand and also consistency in, um, in the retail outlets? Look, from a purely selfish perspective, I just want to always improve and do something better and create something that I'm proud of. And so what I was proud of last year, whilst I'm still proud of it, I feel like I've developed and moved forwards this year. And that's part of the journey, I guess, our customers sort of get to go on, especially if we're opening sort of multiple stores in one state, they get to sort of see that development and see a new store. And so it's part of the fabric, I guess, of, our, of me being a bit more entrepreneurial as a business person and as, a, as I guess, the leader of this brand. Um, in terms of like our brand's story, I think... Originally, the brand to myself represented offbeat design found off the beaten track. And that was, it was about being off the beaten track. It was being about smaller and quirkier and more hard to find. I would say that the more consistent brand narrative today is about us being about friendship and about, and about us being about bringing joy and beauty into the world. So I think that is something that as a marketer, it might not be so, yeah, crystal clear as to how to that gets communicated in terms of different formats and different stores. But I would say in terms of the customer service experience, in terms of the story that our staff tell, that is kind of more so at the forefront. And in terms of the cohesiveness of the product range, that's more at the forefront. And what you'll find is that people come into our stores, not necessarily for a certain product, probably like eight out of 10 people, I would think, um, would just wander into the store because it looks interesting. They don't necessarily come with a set agenda. If it's just another pigeonhole store that just looks like all the other pigeonhole stores, then it sort of loses part of the appeal as to why people want to come in. Johan, you call your staff pigeons. Um, Why? In in my mind, a pigeon doesn't conjure up a favorable image and, and it doesn't you know, kind of have the same ring to it as, you know, a Googler or a, or a whatever. So, why do you call your staff pigeons? I guess because we're all part of the same flock, really. Like, we're, <laughs> like we're not... <laughs> there you go. That's great. Uh, we're not super polished. We're, we're not very elegant. We're just who we are. Um, we're, we're kind of a bit of a, uh, a motley bunch. Pigeonhole is like a, a home for a bird, essentially. Um, and so... Our store, that's our home. We live there together, like we're in it together, we're family. Uh, so I guess it's it's sort of come to be kind of a fond word for the team really um, to reference themselves against. And it's hard for me to be connected with all my stores because uh, I mean, they're all over the place and I'm, and I'm not always uh, even in Australia. So I thought one way of doing that for them to feel my heartbeat is to share a little thought each day. And so the thought will generally be around customer service um, and it will also reflect and flow through on the key values that we have. And so it'll often be how we bring joy today. Um, the, start, uh, the start of each email will be, you know, what are we grateful for? Different things to kind of get people into a, a mind frame of we are here to bring positivity, bring good energy, happiness to our customers' lives. And so how do we do that? Today, for example, um, the little email was about getting to know people's names. How do we show them value? How do we bring joy to them? 
by making them feel like they're special. I gave the guys some tips on um, how to memorize names by making uh, image associations and things. What results have you seen from doing that daily email? Uh, has it improved the culture throughout the company? Yeah, I think um, there's certain certain key staff members that have really cottoned onto it. So I'll get a handful of emails back in a week from different staff members that something, whatever that day's thought has been, has sort of spoken to them in one way or, or other. Generally, it's like a morale boosting email that you know they felt that like um, they'd be like, "Thanks for sharing that." I'm going to have a great day today. I'm really, I'm really pumped for the day. Um, or it might be sort of their own reflection of something that's happening. So that's kind of a great way to sort of get their vibe on whether what I put out there is something that relates to them. Um, and it's great to hear them thinking about it. Um, you know, like sometimes it, this, the, I'll get an email back and say, oh, yeah, me and Lucy were talking about it and this is what we think. Um, and that's kind of nice because it sort of engages like the whole team that's sort of in that store together around sort of a sort of a theme or a topic. You've spoken before about regarding your staff as a family. Um, you guys work together, you socialize together, you're going through growing pains together. Um, you know, everybody's kind of young and enthusiastic and passionate in the pigeonhole universe. I remember reading an interview that you did recently. You said that all of our staff started off as customers themselves. Thinking about your staff as a family, could you tell me about a time that that has changed the way you guys deal with customers? A few years ago, we took over a space uh, next to one of the stores and we made it into a gallery. And to sort of launch the gallery, we had this sort of, we had this art show uh, that we decided to put on. No one was rostered on for it. It wasn't a a money-making venture. It was just more something that as a team, we just thought this will be really fun. Let's do this together. Let's get involved in the creative fabric of, of our city, which was Perth at the time, and get people involved in it. And um, I remember just sitting there and watching because people, uh, at the end of the day, before this, the show started, um, all the staff from the stores like came in they just sort of assumed positions, started pouring drinks, like just making our customers essentially who we invited to this space. We sort of like sort of put the invite out to our mailing list and all the people had come. Our team just put it upon themselves to get behind this event that we'd thought about and make sure that our customers were loving it. And I think that was something where it really spoke to me that my team got it, that we're in it together and it's not so much just so that we can you know, have jobs, so that we can do something together and enjoy it together and share that with our community and we'll share that with our customers. Um, so just seeing the joy that it brought them, they weren't getting paid. They all gave up their evening to serve our customers and make sure that they had a great experience. The objective wasn't sales. It wasn't anything else but just to have fun together with each other and with our customers was, I guess, an extension of our friendship, family value of we're all in this together. You're all welcome to be part of what we've got. That's such an amazing story. Is there anything else that comes to mind when you sort of think about bringing that heart of friendship and how that then shows up in how you execute in store and, and how that shows up um, for your customers? Yeah, I think one thing we talk about a lot to our team is with regards to engaging and connecting with customers is to share stories for them to feel comfortable to talk to us and tell us what's going on in their lives and for us just to listen 
just to be there, you know, in the same way that, you know, you might go to a hairdresser that you like because you get to have a chat and yarn and have a bit of a gas bag and gossip about stuff in life. I found that, especially when I had my my first store and I was working in there by myself, I'd get a handful of customers that walk in in a day. They might have a terrible day at work and they might have a boss that hates them. They're in a job that they hate. And this is their, you know, 40-minute lunch break that they've got and they've decided to spend 15 minutes of it in my store. And I might be the only person that makes them feel good about themselves that day. I might be the only person that gets to make them smile or say something nice to them. And to be able to do that with authenticity, you need to approach it from a standing point of friendship. Like I know for myself, some of my closest friends today are customers of mine from like eight, nine, ten years ago. And I know uh, for a fact that a lot of our staff have the same experience where a lot of their good friends are people that they have actually met in store. Their customers are awesome. They're the kinds of people that we enjoy and that we would be friends with and we are friends with and we offer that to them as well. Yeah, I love I love that attitude of family and friendship, not just with staff, but also with customers. In what ways have you empowered your staff to be able to, you know, overcome challenges or, or, or issues or problems? You know, is there particular training um, or is there just an attitudinal thing? How have you, have you approached that? I think it's more of an attitudinal thing. Like we do give them, we do empower them a little bit in terms of they can give discounts, they can do different things if it, you know, if a customer's upset or unhappy. But I think it's really just how they how they treat the customer that is always at the forefront. I guess part of their job is to make sure that the customer leaves happy, whether it is you know, if they've brought in a product that hasn't worked out, like rather than them just leaving with their money back in their hands, I guess part of our job is to make sure that they can leave with something else that they love even more and that works for them better. It's not uncommon for someone to come in for a refund on something leave the store with another product and maybe purchasing something else. And I think keeping our customers long-term is what's most important. And if, if there is something that we can do, like we'll do our best to do that. Johan, amazing discussion. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thanks, Johan. All right, cheers. All right, welcome to The Debrief where we discuss our key takeaways from that amazing interview with Johan Michael. Do you want to kick us off? Yeah, sure. The thing that really stood out to me straight away actually was at the top when we asked him to define customer experience. It's about the feeling and he even went down to, I suppose, some of these like subconscious things that we may not be aware of, like how a store smells yeah. or um, <laughs> yeah, and, and just really how people f- uh, feel when they have that interaction. And he's like, of course, the people to people and the staff interaction is very important, but you know, the brand logo and all these other elements were important. And I thought that was a really nice touch, actually, because at the heart of it, great customer experience is emotive and it is emotional and how we feel is more than just the sum of an actual interaction with a staff member or a process. It is all these other subtle elements. Yeah, I I really liked this this kind of key quote that he had, which was uh, he said it, it's more than just the customer service. Um, mm. it, it includes the layout, the product offering, the smell, and how it makes the customer feel. So yeah, right. that emotional side of it is uh, is super important. Great. What uh, what do you have for us? So I really loved how Johan sends a uh, daily email to his staff. Yes, I love that. 
you know, it's just like a, a really subtle and, and simple thing um, and kind of an outpouring of his brain. But I think what it actually represented was more important than the simpleness of the email. It kind of brought together this whole internal attitude and right. culture that's happening at Pigeonhole, right? You know, you would have heard um, Johan talk a lot about friendship and family. And I've never heard a managing director talk in that vernacular in, in that much detail. And so, what it really represents is this really strong, genuine care factor that Johan has that actually permeates through the organization and, of course, will translate to every engagement that his staff have with customers. The email was important, but it was more really for me about the culture and and this kind of um, feeling that it represented internally. Yeah. The other little last one that sort of came to mind was when we asked him about the different store formats and the fact that they were quite different. And, you know, I really quite liked his perspective on this, which was basically like, I'm just doing stuff that I love <laughs> myself. So, I kind of like playing with the format and I like, you know, doing different things. And if he's doing things that he really enjoys, it's going to keep his energy levels high, like yeah. he's going to be engaged. And do you know what? He's probably onto a bit of a winning formula because if he's built a business around things that he likes and bringing things to life that um, yeah he really loves, then it's probably going to connect with his you know tribe, with his audience. And so, I think the sort of takeaway for me was that it's kind of okay to not necessarily break all the, the so-called rules of you know brand consistency and like these other elements. If you're doing something that you really, really love and you're already onto a good thing, there's probably a good chance that your customers will love it as well. Yeah, and, and just on that, actually, the, the consistent thing between all of his store formats was not necessarily the product range or the way it was laid out, right. but it was this feeling that is generated inside the store. And yes. he used this word, which I really latched onto, they want to create a wonder-filled experience. And so, I think um, that, is, you know, coupled with this idea of, you know, it being more than just the people, it's the, the smell and all this kind of stuff really brings right. the whole piece together. So, in summary, uh, our takeaways were... Don't forget that customer experience at the heart is emotive. It's very much about how your customers feel. The big one for me was about how Pigeonhole creates this amazing culture internally, which is very much akin to uh, friendship and family between the staff. Yeah, and the last one that resonated for me was that it's actually completely okay to do things that maybe break the rules every now and then. If it's along the lines of what it is that you love and that's resonating with your customers, you're probably onto a good thing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening. If you have any thoughts, feedback or guest suggestions, please uh, reach out and send us an email. We respond to every single one. You can contact me on adam at wavelength.audio. And I'm michael at rateitapp.com. Thanks so much. See ya. Thanks for listening. Customer Experience Leaders is a co-production of Rate It, the market leader in on-the-spot customer feedback and Wavelength, podcasting strategy and execution. This episode was produced by Nick Jones and me, Adam Jaffrey, and it was edited by Josh Armour. Our theme music is by Icolix and Peter Cooley. If you liked what you heard on today's episode, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. And while you're there, please leave us a five-star review. It makes a big difference. I'm your host, Adam Jaffrey. Thank you so much for listening. We produce this show every fortnight, so we'll speak to you in two weeks.